Hi, my name is Rhett Barton, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, One Life Church. It's so good to see you this morning. How many are glad to be at church this morning? Can I hear a good amen if you are? Come on. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Before we jump into the message, I do want to look into the camera lens, and I want to welcome our online church family. Come on, everybody at the Civic Center, throw your hands together today and welcome those who are joining us online today. Let them know how much you love them. However you have found us, we are just so thankful that you are along for the ride. If I've not had a chance to introduce myself, my name is Rhett. Uh, It is the honor of my life to get to be the lead pastor here at One Life Church in this season. And I'm really excited about today. We're continuing our series called All In. Everybody say All In. in. I got about 95% of you. I need the other 5% to join me. Everybody say All In. All in. We're talking about a characteristic today that is very unique to somebody who has decided to go all in with God. And that characteristic is one word, and that is called faith. Faith. We're going to be talking about faith today, and I'm going to really give you three elements of faith today and how it plays out and honestly gets God's attention and brings the power and the presence and the transforming power of God in your life. And I'm telling you, if, if you're, you're getting for a ride today, I'm really excited about this message because this is more of a preach message for anybody uh, that knows what I mean when I say preach. Uh, you know, I am a teacher, but I'm also a preacher. And today, if you've come really just to kind of follow along with notes, we're going to do that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, But I've just got this message burning in my heart today, and so I'm excited. It's been two weeks as well since I preached, so give me a little bit of grace on that. You know, uh, how many were grateful to Mother's Day last week? I hear an incredible message from my, my wife, Linda. And uh, if you missed that, you can go back online and watch it. She would probably say, just listen to the podcast, don't watch me. You know, I get that. Um, but really proud of her. And if I could just tell you the miracle that it is, just to see her take a step and to stand on this platform and share her heart with you, uh, that was just really awesome. So I want to honor you, Linda, for your courage and your strength and your bravery just to come up here and deliver a timely uh, message last, night, uh, last week on Mother's Day. So it was really good. All right, you guys, just a couple things I want to remind you of before we kind of dive into things. And that is child dedication is happening on the last Sunday of this month. The last Sunday of this month, that is Memorial Day weekend. And if you're wondering why we did that, we did it on purpose, okay? So uh, I was expecting some laughter there, you know, because oftentimes Memorial Day weekend, people are taking off. We're like, no, we're doing child dedication, okay? There's some honesty and some transparency for all those in the room today. Uh, But we're doing child dedication on Memorial Day weekend on that Sunday. And if you have a child that you would like to dedicate before the Lord, it would truly be my honor to get to be a part of that special day with you. Uh, We are asking people to register for that. It's important because we like to give things away here and we want to bless you and your family. And so the way we know how many gifts to buy for you is depending on how many people register. And so if I could have you go to our website at some point, olc.church forward slash dedication, or you can just go to the website, click on a button that looks just like that. And uh, go ahead and register, and we'll be ready for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys, go ahead and grab your message notes. Uh, We are a message note-taking church. You can text OLC Notes to 94000, OLC Notes 
to the number 94,000. You can have those directly to your phone and you can follow along. I want to inspire you today. I want to encourage you, but I want you to experience the power and the presence of God. And the cool thing about notes is it allows you to follow along and to see the scriptures. That way you can reference it later in the week. But before we kind of jump in, here's what I just want to remind you guys. The reason my wife and I moved here in January of 2018 was for one purpose. And that purpose was simply to create a family and an atmosphere and a place for you and I and for us together as a community to take some next steps to go on what the Bible, I believe, refers to it as a spiritual journey. And some of you are like, well, I don't know if I really buy into this whole spiritual journey stuff. That's okay. It doesn't change the fact that it is true. All of us have a spiritual journey that God has called us to. In fact, (laughs) all of your life exists up into the first step of this spiritual journey. It's like you're trying to find this first step, even if you didn't know you were trying to find it. And the first step is just simply to come to know God. Not religion, not a church, but we wanted, our desire was to plan a place where people could truly come and experience the presence of God that draws them into a relationship with God, not a religion, not a church, not a service, not a song, but a relationship with God. And so we want you to know God. And then as you're just on this journey of knowing God, along a part of that process is just finding freedom, finding freedom from your past so you can see the significance of the calling and the giftings that are in your life to where God is calling you to. So we want to help you find freedom. We do that through small groups and through community here. But along that process and journey, we also want to help you discover your purpose. Because there's some great days in your life, but the greatest day in your life is the day that you were born. Aren't you glad you're breathing air today? We got three, four people that are thankful for oxygen. All right? It's the greatest day that you were born, but the second greatest day of your life and my life and all of us is really when we discover why. Like, why were we born? Why were we put on this planet? And we want to help you with that. We want to join with you and connect with you as a family and to help just kind of walk you along the process of discovering the gifts and the callings and and the different things that God has designed you in uniquely that make you you so that you could use that to ultimately make a difference with your life. So we want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and to make a difference. And by the way, those aren't like stair-step tears. Those kind of all work, you know, kind of together. You know, I'm learning to know God as I'm finding freedom, discovering purpose, I'm making a difference, and I'm coming to know God. I'm finding freedom, and I'm discovering purpose, and I'm making a difference within my life. So it's just this continual process, this continual journey. And the reason it's so important, and I hound this so much over and over again, the reason it's so important is because your life, my life, our life will never make sense. It will never be satisfied. It will never truly be fulfilled until we know where we are on this spiritual journey journey. And I've mentioned this two weeks ago. I want to mention it again. Proverbs 29, 18, kind of, it kind of explains it to us. I'm from Alabama, y'all. I say splain. You know what splain means? It means explain it, okay? So if people, that's you and I, if we can't see what God is doing, in other words, if you and I can't see the fact that God has a spiritual journey that he wants to take us on, then look at what happens. Oftentimes, we stumble all over ourselves, And oftentimes we're asked, you know, we're in this position of feeling like, well, that's exactly how that explains my life. I feel like I'm just stumbling all over myself and my finances, maybe in my marriage, my relationships, on the job, and my emotions, and my health, right? We're just kind of stumbling through this life. But, but when you actually attend to what God reveals, 
In other words, not only when you see what God has for you, but when you begin to take steps of faith, when you begin to take an all-in step toward God's spiritual journey for your life, look at this, you are most blessed. And this is where I want to see every single one of you live in, all those online. This is my greatest desire for you as a friend today, is my hope, and this is why we exist as a church, is to get you to the place where you not only see what God is doing, but you begin to learn how to take a step toward God in your spiritual journey of knowing him, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference for your life so you can begin to experience the byproduct, the promise of God that is a most blessed life. In other words, I want to show you how to go all in with your life, how to make the most of your life, how to go all in. Why? So you can experience that last line. This is God's design. This is his desire for you. And let me just remind us one more time, John 10, 10, Jesus Christ, the son of God, the savior of the world said this, I have come that you may have life. Now time out. Thank you, Jesus, for the fact that he came to offer us life, to take us from death to life, from our sins into being restored back into a relationship with God that only happens through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is just reconfirming the fact, this is why I've come, guys. I've come so that you can have life, but oh, by the way, not just life, but have it to the full. Like, I want you to experience life, this side of heaven, on earth. I want you to experience heaven on earth, in you, through you, in your family, your community. I want you to experience a full and blessed life. I want you to, I want you to experience my goodness, my presence, my power in such a way where your mind goes, this is amazing. This is God's design for you. This is how I read the Bible, everybody. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more enjoyable. So over the past couple of weeks, we've been trying to take you on this journey. So in week one, when we started this, I talked about how important it is the first step in your journey is knowing God. How do we know that we know God? And then once we surrender our life to Jesus, then this step is water baptism. And we had four people make decisions to not only follow Jesus, but to take next steps in water baptism. How cool is that, everybody? That's exciting. Yes. And so in week two, we had a special guest, Pastor Jason Hubbard, along with his wife, Ellie, really dear friends of ours. And so Jason came and he preached an incredible message of talking about how to be all in, how to live your life all in through the switchbacks. Now, I'm not a hiker, neither is my wife, but I learned a lot that day as, as far as what exists on the mountain. And I'm, re, I'm reminded of why I don't hike, right? Those switchbacks. It's like you're going this way and all of a sudden you're going this way and all of a sudden, and it's like learning how to trust God all in, even through when you don't understand in the things that are turning and switching and changing. But I love the picture that he showed. He said, ultimately, when you kind of zoom out, you see the zigzag, but ultimately when you zoom out, you can see the process that all these switchbacks are leading to an ultimate plan and purpose that God has for all all of our life. And so that was week two. Last week, I mentioned earlier, Linda preached that message. She talked about being all in and all seasons and how time is short and how, you know, mothers and moms, no matter what season you're in, is just make the most of those and, and, you know, make the most of every opportunity that you have. And it was beautiful. And so if you missed any of those weeks, go back and listen to it. But I'm really excited today, as I mentioned earlier, because today I'm talking about an undeniable characteristic of people who go all in with Christ. And that is... You ready for it? If you're taking notes, write this down. That is the power of God. Everybody say power. Power. Come on, say power. Power. The power of God. Now, some of you in the room today or even online, you're not really comfortable with this whole thought. And it's not because you don't see it in the Bible. It's not because you don't read it in the Bible. No, it's there. You recognize it. You see it. But oftentimes when you look to what this theme is of the power of God, all of a sudden now you begin to see people who may have been a little off kilter, a little weird. Am I the only one? 
Maybe it was because of your experiences, something you saw on TV, something you heard from maybe, you know, through the grapevine of, oh man, anybody's starting to talk about the power of God, look out, you know, things are going to get crazy. And I just want you to know the power of God is not weird. People are weird. I love you. I love you. Like, I'm weird too. We're all a little bit weird, okay? But the power of God is something real and tangible that he wants you to experience in your life. The power of God is what enables you to live out Christianity, As a Christ follower, as a man of God, as a woman of God, the only way you're ever going to be able to live this thing out, like if you read the Bible and go, God, I need some help to be able to live this thing out, the only way it's going to happen, you guys, is through the power of God in you and through you. Because I just want to remind every single one of us, including myself, Christianity isn't just some list of rules and regulations. It isn't just some ideology of good thought and good thinking and, oh, he was a good man. No, Christianity is the very power, transforming power of God living in and through us by the third person of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit, who I'm going to teach on in the next couple of weeks, and I cannot wait for that. But it is the power of God that not only changes your life, it's the power of God that changes your family changes the culture, and ultimately can change generations to generations. And so when I dreamed of planting a church and moving my family halfway across the country, not halfway, all the way across the country, I never had the desire just to plant a church where we do three songs, a sermon on a Sunday, go home, kumbaya, amen. That was never my desire. Now, those are all good things, and they're all part of a process that plays into the ultimate desire, which is my dream. My desire was that there would be a people that would rise up to come to experience the power and the presence of the living God in their lives that would ultimately produce fruit in their lives of life change so that they can make a difference in their community, in their family, and in this world. This has been my hope and has been my prayer from day one. And it's because of something Jesus did in Matthew chapter 10, verse one. Look at this. And when Jesus, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, notice what Jesus did. He gave them, there's the word, everybody say it, power. Jesus Christ gave those closest to him, the Christ followers at that time, power. Now this word power isn't just like electricity power. This word power has a lot more meaning to it than that. It comes from a Greek word. I'm going to butcher it. I'm sorry, but it's called exousia. It's E-X-O-U-S-I-A, exousia. And what it means, it means God has given you, given me, the supernatural, you ready for this? Supernatural authority to rule over. He's given you and I the supernatural authority to rule over. What? Unclean spirits? To to do what? To cast them out? In other words, to help people find freedom and to help you and I find freedom in our own lives, from our own past, from our own demons? And not only this, look at this, goes a step further. Look at this, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. My friend, what we see here is a supernatural mark on Christians, and that is the power of God, the authority of God in a Christ follower's life. It is the signature mark, characteristic of somebody who decides, you know what? I'm going all in. I want to experience all that God has. I'm going to take it a step further. Jesus' last words when he began to ascend to heaven. He died, he rose again, he spent 40 days on this earth. On his last day, he gathered all those closest to him, he gave them some important news and some important instructions before he went to sit at the right hand of the Father and before he would send the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says. Hey guys, you will receive, Acts 1.8, you will receive what? Here it is again, power 
When what? When the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, it comes from a Greek word called pneuma, and it basically means when the breath of God from heaven is breathed into your soul, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. So what's Jesus saying? He's saying, guys, my greatest desire for my church isn't just for three songs on a Sunday, a message, and go home. My desire for my church, my people in Nampa, Idaho, in 2022, is that they would experience the supernatural transforming power of my Holy Spirit so they can make a difference in their life, in their family, in their home, in their community, and around the world. This is God's desire. Look, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, yeah, that was their city. In all Judea and Samaria, that was their nation. And to the ends of the earth. That's the world. So God says, hey, you will receive power as a Christ follower to make a difference in our city and our nation and our world. Guys, it's the power of God that sets Christianity apart from every other little G God, from every other religion. It's the power of God transforming our heart and our life that makes us different, my friends. This is the signature mark of an all-in person that's going all in. And this is, look at what Paul said. 1 Corinthians 2, 3 through 5. And I can relate to this. Paul said, guys, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. And can I just say, this is exactly how I showed up in Nampa, Idaho. <laughs> weakness, fear, and much trembling. And, and I honestly can tell you this. It's only by the grace of the Lord that I'm on this platform speaking right now. But even in leading up to every Sunday, this is how I feel. That my message and my preaching, it's not with wise and persuasive words. There are better speakers. There are more eloquent people who can bring this dynamic to you. No, but my hope, the rest of the verse is, my hope and my desire is that when I speak to you, is that it comes with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Notice that, the power, so that your faith might not rest on how good a sermon is how good a message is, how good a preacher is. No, no, no. They would not rest on men's wisdom. No, but it would rest on what? On God's power. It's the greatest desire. I'm reminded, I I don't have this on the screen, but an extra note taker, you can write this out and study it for yourself. But if you'll turn to John chapter nine, you will learn of a story where Jesus healed a blind man on Sabbath, which would be like healing somebody on Sunday. And that was awesome, and that would be a reason to rejoice. But the religious people in that day were like, oh, wait a minute, you can't do that on Sunday? Like, it's Sabbath. You're not supposed to work, you know? And and so they were really confused why Jesus was doing healings and miracles on a day where they were, like, commanded not to do anything. And so the religious leaders were furious, and they found this man that had been healed, and he was basically born blind, and everybody knew who he was. And they brought this guy in. They said, look, look, who healed you, and how did it happen? And he said, well, it was the man named Jesus, but how he did it, I have no idea. He said, all I know is I once was blind, but now I see. I've experienced the life-changing power and presence of the living God in my life. I once was blind, but now I see. And I'm just saying, church, let it be said of us. You know, no, no, you know, I, I, I don't quite understand. I, I don't quite get it of how this whole thing works in the presence of God and the power of God. But what I know is Jesus has changed my life. I once was blind, but now I see I'm never going to be the same in Jesus' name. May this be said of us that we are marked by the power of God. I love John 14, 12. And 13, Jesus said this, guys, I tell you the truth, which I love that, by the way. It's like, I'm not lying to you. 
I'm giving you the truth. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has, here's the key word, faith. Come on, everybody say faith. Anyone who has faith, anyone who takes the next step to say, you know what, I'm going all in. Look at what Jesus says. You will do. Not maybe, not might. This is a byproduct of somebody who's gone all in in their faith. You will do. What's that? You'll do what I've been doing. Woo! Wait a minute, Jesus. Are you kidding me right now? Are you serious? Like that alone would be amazing. Because up until this point, they've seen Jesus raise the dead. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They've seen Jesus calm the storm in the ocean. They've seen these crazy, just magnificent, marvelous, incredible, sovereign acts of God. And Jesus is saying, hey, hey, you know, if you just have faith, man, if you go all in in this whole thing and follow me as a man of God and a woman of God and just follow me and go all in, trust me, just have confidence in me. You're going to do what I've been doing, but he doesn't stop there. You'll even do greater things. What? Greater things? Y'all, this is the mark of a Christian, a man of God, woman of God, who goes all in with Jesus Christ. You will not only do what Jesus has been doing, but you and I will do even greater things. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. My friends, Jesus Christ never intended just to come to earth, just to pay for your sins. That is huge, that is important, and that is a part of the glorious, that is the most significant step in your relationship with God is when your sins have been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb, forgiven from far as the east is from the west. He never remembers them anymore. Thank God for that. But Jesus intended more for you rather than just paying for your sins. Jesus intended more for you than just coming to church and singing three songs and hearing a sermon on a Sunday. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, the Son of God, the Messiah, he came so that you and I could experience power and to give you authority to make a difference in your life and in this world. This is why he came. Look at 14, 13. I love, I love this translation. The Berean Study Bible says this in verse 13. So why did he do this? So that the son may bring glory to who? To you? No. To me? No. To the church? No. But to who? He wants to work in you, through you, through his transforming power so that you will bring ultimate glory to who? To the, to the Father. To the Father. Jesus wants to glorify the Father. How? Through you. Jesus wants to glorify the Father by accomplishing his work and his purpose through who? Through you. To bring glory and honor to God. He wants to accomplish all that he intends to do on this earth through you. Verse 14, Jesus said, and this is why I'm telling you that you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Why? So you can say, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Woo-hoo, no. So that you can bring glory and honor to the Father. So that people could see your life being blessed and you don't hoard it, but then you begin to give it away. You begin to serve away. You begin to love the unlovable. You begin to pray for those who curse you. You begin to bless those who hate you. When you begin to live in this significant way, only by the power of the Holy Spirit living within you, people take notice and they begin to see there's no way he could do that. I know him. I know his story. But he has been changed. How? I don't know. But he once was blind, but now he sees. He has been transformed. How? Through God. I guess, bringing glory and honor to the Father. This is why God wants to do this in and through you, everybody. It's to bring glory to the Father. And I just want to remind all of you, you have been handcrafted by God as a masterpiece, a work of art in his hand. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose was to make a difference with your life. 
Listen, my friends, God has something for you to do, and guess what? Then he created you. Like, he had a plan and a purpose to be fulfilled on this planet, and he was like, okay, I need some people to do that. All right, I'm going to create you and you and put you in this time, in this season, in Nampa, Idaho, for this very reason to make a difference. And by the way, you will never accomplish all that God has for you. You will never accomplish the plan, the purpose, the ultimate destiny he has for you on this planet outside or apart from his power. You can't do it in and of your own self or your own strength. You know, I love the truth of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of talk. Like what we do, who we follow, it's not a matter of us going, hey, I love my church and, and you know, there's some good preaching and good music going on. No, 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 no. It's not a matter of talk, no, but of. The kingdom of God is a matter of power. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. No, no, no. But he's given us a spirit of what? Power. Power. Love. Self-discipline. So if the spirit of God gives us power, then look at Romans 8.11 with that context. The spirit of God or the power of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Here's the miracle, y'all. He lives in you. Some of y'all are not getting this this morning. The Spirit of God, the power of God shows up as a mark in every man of God's life, of every woman of God's life, to put Jesus in you so he can live through you to take you from death to life, not only from your sins, but in your marriage, in your home, in your finances, in your health, in your emotions, in your relationships. Jesus Christ lives in you to give you the power through his presence and his transforming power of the Holy Spirit in you, through you, to make a difference my friends, and my family. That's a great place to put your hands together and celebrate for a moment, everybody. This is good. That's why my prayer is like Paul, Ephesians 1, 19, 20. This is my prayer. This is my hope. I also pray that you will understand, my friends, my family, the incredible greatness of this all-in life that is God's power. For who? For us. Who believe in him. You know... It's real easy to read the Bible and see all these incredible stories of people who are healed, people who are set free, you know, all these amazing things. And and it's kind of like looking at a brochure to like the Caribbean, right? You know, the cruise ships in the Caribbean, you're like, is the water really that blue? Come on, man. It can't be. They had to put a filter on that. And from anybody who's ever experienced the Caribbean, what are you going to say? No, 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 no. It's real. Woo! The water is that blue. In fact, if you jump in, it feels so good. And I just want you to know when you read the Bible, it doesn't have to be like a brochure. Like you can read the Bible and actually experience the God of the Bible and experience his promise. How? How? How do we do it? Faith. One word. Faith. What is faith? It's just this all-in, complete trust. And hope, this is, you know what, I don't understand it all. And even though I don't understand it all, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I don't have to figure it out. And by the way, if you could figure out everything and fit, them in, fit God into your little finite mind and body, would he really be that big of a God to serve anyway? Some of you, 
you're already experiencing this life of faith and you've, been, you've experienced these wonderful, the presence of God, the power of God in your life and you're like, man, this is good. And you're like the person who's gone to the Caribbean. You're like, yes, jump in, come on, it's great. When some of you are not quite so sure. You're like, I don't know. I don't know what this faith thing even really looks like. And so what I wanna do as we close this message is I wanna show you a story of a man who experienced the power and presence of God through his faith that really steps out to me and or shows me about three elements of faith. And it's really important that you understand how faith plays a role in this because it's at the point of faith where the power of God begins to do his transforming work in you. It's by faith, Jesus says, by faith you've been healed. So it's by faith that we experience the power that God wants to you know, transform our lives with. And so look at Luke 18, 35 through 39. One of my favorite stories of someone who went all in in their faith. Look at this. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, there was a blind beggar. Now, time out. We don't know much about this man other than the fact of his condition. He was blind. He was a beggar, which meant he didn't have much. He's probably put out on the street corner every day, maybe just to raise money for himself, maybe, or maybe to raise money for his family. We don't get that whole picture, but we do know his condition is that he was in a desperate situation. He needed a life change. So he was sitting beside the road, And when he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he began to ask a question. Like, like, well, what's happening? So check this out. This man would have sat here every day, probably have already gotten used to the humdrum noise that is just routine after routine after routine after routine. And here he is just hanging out. And all of a sudden, he's hearing a noise. He's hearing something different. He's hearing a crowd gathering. He's hearing some kind of just, he doesn't know, but there's some excitement in the air. He's like, I gotta have some of that. I don't know what that is. Somebody tell me what's happening. And then look at what they said. They told him, oh, 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 Jesus. Jesus, the Nazarene was going by. And I want you to notice something. Notice the man's passion the moment that he sensed hope. Because at this point, you gotta understand that the word Jesus would have been traveling like wildfire all the way through the countryside. And so you're, he, all of a sudden he's in, Gee, wait, Jesus, is that the man that I heard that could heal the blind? Is that the man who, when he lays hands on people, dead people come back to life? Is this the man that I heard walked on water? Is this the man that I heard could calm the seas and the wind? Is this the man you're telling me Jesus Christ is coming through? The one that some people are believing is the Messiah. I don't know if he is yet or not, but all I know is I've heard the report of transforming power through this man in his life, in communities, and I want some of that. Notice what he says right here. So he began shouting. He took a step of faith. He began to get so passionate about wanting to be with Jesus. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he began to repeat it. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And for some of y'all who are in this room and you're thinking I'm screaming too loud, I'm doing it injustice right now in this moment. This man did not care who hurt. He didn't care what a fool he looked like. He was desperate. He needed a transforming work in his life. He was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And he needed a miracle. And he cried out to hope that day. And look at this. Look at what the religious people in the community began to do. Be quiet. Shut up. You cannot do this in church. We're laughing because it's real. We've all experienced it. 
the people in front begin to yell at him, be quiet, keep down, don't embarrass us, you're embarrassing us, this is Jesus, right? And he did not care, he said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm desperate and I'm not going to stop. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He began to shout louder. I'm talking about all in faith. I'm talking about things that get the attention of God in your life and that mark your life as somebody who lives an all in life. And all in faith, mark this, write this down, all in faith is passionate. All in faith is persistent. Holy Spirit's in this room in this moment. He's speaking to some of your hearts. What you're thinking about, you used to be passionate. And you let life get in the way. You used to be persistent, but you've left the worries of this world choke out the truth of God and your relationship with God and your passion and your pursuit of him. And I'm just here to remind you, as a friend today, all in faith of experiencing the transforming power of God in your life and your family in every area begins with passion and persistence. Look, verse 39 goes on. Look, he shouted even louder. Son David, have mercy on me over and over and over again. And some of you, you've been asking God for a very long time or you've been believing and hoping that something would change in your life, whether it's physical healing, whether it's a debt, whether it's a broken relationship, whatever it might be. I just want to encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop pursuing the power and the presence of God. Don't stop pursuing God, be passionate, be persistent, continue to go all in, in your faith. Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, listen, when you seek me, you will find me. When? When what? When you seek me with all your heart. When you've given me everything down to your last breath. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. And we see this action and this truth playing out in the story of this blind beggar. Look at this, verse 40 and verse 41. This man's passion... This man's persistence led to a face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. Look at this. When Jesus heard him, when Jesus heard his passion, when Jesus heard his persistence, when Jesus began to feel this man's all-in faith amongst the crowd. Remember, the noise, the paparazzi of that day, trying to be close to Jesus, press into Jesus, and some on some street corner, way away, Jesus' ears are attuned to a man's passion. Jesus' ears are attuned to a man's persistence, and it gets his attention, and notice what Jesus does in the midst of the crowd. He stopped. He stopped. This man's passion, this man's persistence, this man's all in faith stopped the Son of God for a moment and it got his attention. And he ordered the man, look at this, I got to meet this guy. I got to come close to him. Wherever he is, bring him to me, bring him to me. Hi, I'm drawn to this. I want a relationship with this kind of person. 
I want to bless this kind of person. This is what I'm attracted to, everybody. Stop and look at what is happening right now. I love this. It's what Jesus is simply saying. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, I love this. I believe this is the word of God for somebody today. God in heaven right now in this moment is saying, what do you want me to do for you? I find the humor in the Bible because I'm like, Jesus, you know his condition. Like you know what he needs before even he knows that he needs it. So like why ask him what you already know? Well, I believe it's because Jesus just simply wanted a relationship with this man. Jesus wanted to take a moment to connect and have a conversation with this man one-on-one. But also, he was expecting this man's faith to go one more step. His passion, his persistence led him to this encounter. And now Jesus is asking this question, and he's just simply expecting this man to take one last little step, and that's to be precise in his prayer and in his faith. Look, Luke 18, 41. The man simply said, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. And obviously we know that's dealing with his physical blindness, but I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart this message goes deeper than that into his spirit. I want to see. I want to know that this life has meaning and it's much more than what I've experienced up until this point. That I have a purpose for my life. I want to see. That's why the second characteristic is not only passion and persistent, all in faith possesses prayers with precision. In other words, that all in faith seizes the opportunity with God by asking God and by not only asking, but being very, very, very specific and precise with his ask. Because God knows what you need before you need it. He just loves to hear you ask him. He just loves to hear you ask him. James says this, James 4, 2, you don't have, why? Because you don't ask God. We're too busy going to other people, asking other people to pray for us. And oftentimes we think we're doing our part, but let's be real. We got all other people praying, but we're, we're the ones sent by not really communicating in, with clarity to God ourselves. I love this. Because if you're passionate, if you're persistent, and you're precise, look at the promise. This is a real life example of the promise of God in a man going all in in his faith. Look at this. 41 through 43, the man said, Lord, I want to see. He was precise. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith. Not grandmama's faith. Not grandpa's faith. Not nana's faith. Not your aunt's faith. Not your uncle's faith. Not your wife's faith. Not your husband's faith. Your faith. You're all in complete, whole trust in God, despite what you understand, because of your faith, your passion, your persistence, and your precise prayer, your faith has healed you. Your faith, in other words, has initiated the transforming work and power of God from heaven to earth in and through you to change your life and to change your family and to change this culture. Look at the rest of the verse. Instantly, the man could see. And look at his response. He followed Jesus. He is praising God and all who saw it. 
Don't miss this. All who saw it also brought praise and honor and glory to God. And my friends, your faith has the power to make a difference in your life, but your faith also has the power to make a difference in your family's life, in this community's life. And the world is looking for a community of faith who are filled with the power and the presence of God. And that's why I'm saying, why not today? Why not today? Let today be the day that you're going to go, you know what? I don't care who hears me. I don't care who sees. I'm desperate. I need the power and the presence of God in my life. I'm taking a step and I'm going all in in my faith. I'm going to allow God to work in me and to work through me to bring glory and honor ultimately to my Father. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. We'll be here just another few moments. Some of you are here today and you need a miracle. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you in this moment, maybe just if you, if you feel so bold, just to put out your hands like right there in your lap and turn your head, hands toward heaven. And I want to pray for you. God, I'm believing today that the marriages who are broken and need restoration would be restored today and healed by the power and authority of Christ Jesus. God, I'm believing today that every relationship will be restored. I'm believing today that emotions will be healed today. God, we curse cancer in the name of Jesus. We curse sickness and disease, and we ask it, and we demand it, and we command it to line up according to your word. And your word says that our bodies are whole and healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ that he bore on our back on Calvary. And I come and I lift up our family today and those who are believing for a miracle in their body in the name of Jesus, their bodies line up according to your word and that are healthy, whole, and healed. God, I pray for those who have been just wrapped in, a, in just this mental torture of just their past and their pain. I'm believing today that that guilt and shame would begin to fall off of them as they experience the freedom that comes from Christ. For it is for freedom that you set us free, Lord Jesus. And I pray this in the authority and the power that comes from your name in your name alone. The name of Jesus where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. In that name, it is above every name. And in that name has all authority and power to bring life change. And it's in that name today I lift up our family to you. Now in this moment in God's presence with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, the miracle of healing and, and all of that is wonderful and it's great. But the greatest miracle that could ever take place in a person's life going all in is experiencing his power and transformation that happens at the point of salvation. Salvation is simply the moment you just say, you know what, I'm no longer trusting in me. I'm no longer trusting in a system or this world. I'm just trusting in the God that I may not even completely understand and may never will, but I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust his truth that says he sent his son to die, to pay a price for my sin, to free me from guilt, from shame, so that I can experience healing mentally, emotionally, physically but that I can also experience the healing that happens in being restored back to God and in relationship with God. Because my friends, it's sin that separates us from that relationship and it's the power of Christ that brings us together again with God. So the greatest miracle today that I pray that you would experience is the miracle of salvation and it begins at the point of faith in believing. Romans 10, 9 says that if you would just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God sent Jesus Christ as his son to die for us, that if you'll just simply believe, you'll receive a miracle and it is a miracle and that miracle is salvation. 
So I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. I'm not gonna call you down front. I'm not gonna ask you to stand. But if you're in this room today or you're online today, you know, I wanna go all in with my faith. I wanna begin a relationship and experience the miracle of salvation. Can I encourage you to pray a prayer like this? And in fact, hey, church family, church families pray together. So let's pray this together. Everybody say a prayer like this. Say, God, thank you for Jesus. I believe he's your son. I believe You sent him to die to pay for my sin. I believe you rose Jesus from the dead. And I believe he sits at your right hand. Today, I no longer put my trust in me. I put my trust in you. I believe, Jesus, you're the son of God. I ask you, to forgive me of my sins, to change me, to come live inside of me, and to transform me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I give you my life. I give you everything for your glory and your honor. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, church family, I know we have people pray this prayer for the first time today. Can we celebrate with them? Come on, throw your hands together. Let them know how much you love them. Yes.